Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, I'm Emmanuel Williams, and you're listening to Impact Outdoors. So, so I know a lot of a lot of people ask me just, how do I do what I do? And honestly, I wouldn't say, I definitely planned. I've always wanted when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'd love to be a huge YouTuber. You know what I mean? But until I really found something that I liked and I, it, like being consistent wasn't a problem, being passionate wasn't a problem. I'm not trying to find content. I'm not like trying to create moments to make content. You know, I'm just, everything you see is just, you know what I mean? So I would say that would be my main advice is find something that you're passionate about that you actually love. Don't do stuff for views, do stuff because you actually like it and the rest will come together. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning back in for another episode of Impact Outdoors this week. And man, we've got a really cool guest on the show this time. And, and I met this guy over at ICAST this summer and been following along um, on his videos and stuff he posts fishing over in Florida in the Miami area and all the trips he does out on his jet ski I've got Emmanuel Williams with I Belong Outdoors on the show and and we had a great conversation about kind of Emmanuel's start into fishing at a young age and how that's kind of evolved into what he's doing today growing his his brand and, and his uh, YouTube channel and all the, all the great stuff he does he does a a lot of cool types of fishing offshore and we talk about a lot of that and because i'm all into offshore fishing and over here in texas and love chatting with them about the differences in the in the gulf and the fishing over in the atlantic and down in the keys and all that stuff so it was a lot of fun for me to have emmanuel on the show and hope you really enjoy this one i'll be posting um, some great video links of some stuff he's done on the show notes so be sure and check those out and follow him along to get some really cool content and uh, let's go ahead and jump right into this week's episode with Emmanuel Williams. I'm super excited for this week's show. Um, we've got my buddy Emmanuel Williams from down near Miami, right in Florida. So Thanks, welcome, sir. welcome to the show, man. How you been? I'm do- I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we got to connect a little bit at ICAST this summer. And uh, got to me. I've been following you for a while on Instagram. That's where I first spotted some of your stuff on there. And um, pretty uh, unique niche you've carved out for yourself in the fishing industry, man. So yeah. why don't you tell us uh, a little bit kind of about that and kind of about your background growing up and stuff. And, and, you know, I know you're very passionate about fishing. And every time, every video I see, you're so happy and just so excited <laughs> to be doing what you're doing. And, and it's a blessing and for the, for you and for the people that watched your videos and stuff. So kind of give us the rundown on Emmanuel Williams. So I fish on a sea do. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's new. I, I would say kind of over here in America, it's new, but I know in Hawaii and 
Australia, it's something they've been doing for years. So I saw videos maybe about like five years ago of some dude fishing on sea dews over in Australia. And I was like, man, it's a little sea dew. You could get in tight spots. You could still go far offshore. You could yeah. still catch fish. Then I was like, man, here in Florida, it's perfect because the edge here is about five miles. Anywhere from like three to five miles, I'm in anywhere from 100 to like 300 feet of water. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're very so small. I was like, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's 80 miles places. from Galveston yeah. to get to the shelf. So <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I was like, man, this is perfect for Florida. And I kind of just bought my first sea dew. It was a sea dew spark, not made for fishing. Um, <clears> it's <throat> a small motto. I rigged it up, put a cooler on it made a rack for it, just went out there with my rod holders. And over time, just kept fishing, kept trying new things. Um, eventually, over time, grew a bigger platform, leveled up to the bigger fish pro, which is Sea-Doo's like all-out fishing model. Yep. And kind of just like how it happened. I grew up fishing with my dad, but we do a lot of land-based stuff like on bridges and piers and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I was just always itching to get offshore and catch a big fish. So that's where the, the sea dew came in. Yeah. So like, like what was, what's your earliest memory of, of being out with your dad fishing and stuff? Cause I mean, that, Oh man. Like maybe when I was like seven or eight years old, we would always go down to the pier here, Dania pier. And we just, you know, hang out on the pier all day, put out baits, catching king mackerels, catching bonitas, stuff like that at the pier. Yeah. Um, super young. Honestly, I can't even put an age on it. Yeah. 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 That's cool, though, man. I mean, those those are memories that last you forever and really spark a lot of things. Um, obviously, for, sure. for you, you know, with what you're doing and stuff. And and um, did, when did you, like, like you've been fishing you know, since you were real little and, mm -hmm. and stuff, where, where did the idea come to start like documenting this stuff? Because there's a lot of people, I mean, you know, as well as I do, there's so many, um, people on social media now making, making videos and putting stuff up on YouTube. And it's really become the thing here in the last five years. And it's just yeah. exploded in the outdoors industry and stuff, but, sure. but yours, you know, yours are, are a little bit different than a lot of people. I mean, um, you know, I've, I've, talked to i don't know I've, I've interviewed emily and amanda gale and from the gale force twins and they're kind of over okay. there near you and stuff and yeah and they're kind of you know they they self-taught themselves everything it's like where'd that spark come to it's like hey you know let's let's film this like yeah why, why that so i've just always been the guy to document everything um i think i started my youtube channel when i was like 12 years old Oh, wow. And yep. at first it wasn't even fishing. I used to skateboard around with my friends. Yeah. So it'd be all over the places, filming each other, skateboarding. And then it kind of transitioned for me, like stopping skating. I just revamped the whole channel and then I went into fishing. Mm -hmm. So I've just always been the guy to just document everything. I, I think it, it'll be pretty cool. Like in the future, whether I'm with my kids or my wife, I can look back and just see myself grow, you know? Yeah, that is cool. Yeah um well that's that's cool man i've i've known a couple people that started a youtube channel like quite a ways back and just seeing how they've grown so much and and um all the different avenues that it's taken them down in life so i mean there's no telling where it'll go for you yeah, so, that's, yeah that's exactly pretty, pretty crazy so but um you know being over there in florida you're talking about how easy access is to deeper water and stuff like that like like what are all some of the um the bigger style type of fish that you catch? I mean, I know you catch a lot of tuna and, and mahi and stuff. I mean, y'all do y'all get the chance to go after like yellowfin tuna and stuff, or you have to still go out quite a ways? So, so we don't really have a yellowfin fishery here. It's more of a thing where a lot of the guys who kite fish for the sailfish, mm -hmm. like here and there, like these guys will randomly catch a yellowfin. Yeah, but our primary tuna fishery here is blackfin. Blackfin, yeah. Yeah, and then out on the edge we have, you know, pretty much everything: mahi, sailfish, wahoo, um, blackfins. Just 
a lot of fish. Yeah. Right <laughs> it's crazy that yeah. you can get Wahoo in so stinking close, man. Cause I mean, that's, that's one of probably everybody's favorite fish to eat <laughs> my, and to catch. My first, my first Wahoo was about <clears throat> five miles offshore of Miami. Yeah. On my sea do. Yeah. The first one I ever saw, first nice. one I ever caught. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. We had one day off of Galveston. So we have like the salt domes out near the shelf. So they're about 85 to hundred miles out. And, um, one of the big areas we fish for Wahoo over here is called the flower gardens. It's the national Marine, Marine sanctuary. And in the wintertime they go to spawn. They come from all over the Gulf and spawn over there. And we were out there one year. It's the only year I've ever got to go during the spawn. But I remember us trolling and all we were catching were kingfish. Just <laughs> massive kingfish, one after the other. Yeah. And then like somebody turned the light switch off. The kingfish bite died and the wahoo started biting. And all this we caught was crazy. wahoo for like probably about an hour and a half. I think we caught eleven and a half wahoo. <laughs> One of them got shot. One of them got one of them got on a buoy <laughs> and got tagged by a cuda. And, oh wow! And those eleven and a half fish, I think, end up weighing like five hundred fifty pounds total. So I mean, wow. they were massive. Um, and that's and that's another thing about over there in the Gulf. Like a lot of your fish are just huge. Yeah. Compared to over here, like where we have access to a lot of fish, you know, but like the size of the fish is really different than over there in the Gulf. Well, they say everything's bigger in Texas, so. <laughs> but we do, you know, now we do, um, we do, I do a, a, we have quite a few party boats over here so that have okay. switched over doing a lot of the overnight yellowfin tuna trips and stuff. And because we have a really good yellowfin fishery over here, you just have to go out a long way. So, I mean, yeah. 110 to 150 miles is average length. You got to go out and, but we started doing some private trips, um, just with some smaller groups, even more so than what they normally take and going a little bit further. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're targeting fish, you know, hundred plus pounds. I mean, that's basically what we're looking for. And yeah, in the last two years, it's been insane. I mean, we're going like in December and, um, the fishing is just unreal. Um, but you know, it's, 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 uh, mostly like drift fishing and stuff, you know, we're throwing yeah large, like Halco lures and top waters and doing some chunking and stuff. Do y'all do a lot of chunking over there or is it most, I know most of what you do is lure you know, dr- jigging. Yeah. I, I do a lot of live baiting. Um, just like basically just fishing certain depths, just putting yep. out live baits, um, a lot of trolling, a lot of jigging and then deep dropping. Yeah. But I do know right over there in the Bahamas where they do run to get the yellow fins, they do a lot of chunking and then finding the birds on the radar and running up on them and pitching yeah. baits at them and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And that's one thing, like, there's not a lot of people do that over here. It's like yeah. you know, chasing birds and stuff. But um, but when I was, I was interviewed Emily and Amanda Gale, I mean, they were talking about that, how they use their radar. I mean, their whole boat and stuff set up and yeah, everything yeah. for that. So it's that's pretty yeah. incredible. Um, what well, I know you've done, you're doing a lot of these trips. Are you going every year? Are you going multiple times a year over the Bahamas or, and how the heck does that work? <laughs> so the first time I ever went, it was a seafood trip. Um, we ran out of Stewart, Florida to the Abaco islands, 112 miles. That trip, it was me and cam. He's also on the seafood team. Great diver. Nice. Um, it was me and him on separate sea dues and then we had a camera boat with us, and we documented the whole trip. We yep. got the perfect weather gap. It was just awesome day, awesome trip. And then this year was the first year I've done it with just me and two other friends on sea dues going from Miami to Bimini, which is 50 miles. Yeah. That's a pretty so, good haul. <laughs> it is. It, it's definitely, you know, ballsy, but as long as you take the right precautions, you plan it out. You have your VHF radios, you have your EPIRB, yeah. your your CTO membership, and you have everything together. And the weather complies; it could be a very, very, very fun trip. Yeah, I mean, because imagine fifty miles, you're probably still getting over there in what just a little over an hour, hour and a half. Something so like on that. a on a on a flat calm morning, you could easily get there in about an hour and a half to two hours. If you have any type of weather that turns up on yeah. you, it could turn to like four hours. But yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And so what, what do you have to do 
like before you go as far as like getting in the country over there and docking and all that stuff? Um, so where we stayed, we, we stayed at an Airbnb that it's literally we rode from Miami right across and the the place we, we stayed was um Bimini Cove. And the the entrance of their marina is just right in from where we were running, so we went right yep. in there. We um we docked up, just got our all our stuff from the Airbnb, and then we ran over to immigration and customs. And um, just you have to prepare all the paperwork. They have it on the website where you can just see yeah. everything you need to have, pay your fees, get your fishing license, and then hanging out go. in Bahamas fishing. Yeah, nice. Yeah, That's so cool, it's pretty man. simple. Yeah. yeah, so awesome. And it seems like there's a lot of people doing that now. Yeah, yeah, and even completely like not related to fishing at all. There's a bunch of people that just love to take that trip yeah on on jet skis no, in not, general yeah well that's cool probably not as many on jet skis as boats but yeah <laughs> yeah definitely yeah getting more and more popular so yeah, cool man sure. so how how did um how did your uh, uh relationship with sea come about i mean is it just every single one of my sponsors right now has just been through posting my videos yeah that's and, awesome you know yeah that's really I, cool. I, like Sidu, Sidu reached out to me just from them seeing my videos, and same thing with Extra Tough and Salt Life. So it's just all been me just being consistent, hammering out videos and yeah. forming relationships that way. Yeah, yeah. How many how many times do you try to drop new stuff? You dropping um, every day, multiple times a week, or kind of what's your method on that that front? So right now I do like twice a week. Um, I know earlier this year I was just doing like a posting spree where I was just going through all of my, my long form content because as you know, recently short form content has become yep. absolute gold. So I started going through all of my long form stuff and just making short form content out of that. And then I went on like a 30 day posting spree where every single day I was just posting a video yeah. And that's actually where I saw my growth from about 8,000 followers to now I'm at 150,000 since January. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The the power of social media yeah. is insane, honestly. Yeah. It, it is crazy. Yeah. Nobody knew what it was 10, 12 years ago and now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but it's weird how the short stuff, um, me and my buddy talk about all the time because he's doing lots of YouTube shorts and stuff now. Mm -hmm. And he's like he's not, he's getting 10 times the amount of looks on on those you know and it's just like reels on instagram i've noticed through promoting like my charter and stuff like i can get so much more reach making a reel on instagram putting it on instagram YouTube? and yeah, yeah and just and getting tons of tons of I, interaction I would say, yeah youtube is definitely the hardest platform for me um that's especially with the long form content it can be because sometimes you go out there you catch one fish you know and it could be hard to make a full day out of that, like tell a story yeah. out of just catching one fish, you know. But short form is just awesome because I can turn one moment into something, into into a piece of content, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why everybody thinks like all these fishing shows that are on TV and everything is like, oh man, they just go out and catch all these fish. It's like, man, yeah. that could have taken multiple days or all day. Exactly. Like, I've I had the luck me and my wife were on um ronnie green's uh, fishing story show back in 2018 and we had the worst luck of weather ever on the day <laughs> we filmed like we got to our spot it was beautiful and then cracked thunder and lightning and we were stuck over on the other side of the bay for like three and a half hours in a rainstorm inside a restaurant that didn't have power and oh uh, we didn't even catch a fish for that show until like almost six o'clock that night and then we caught wow. a whole bunch in like 30 minutes and had enough for the whole ship, you know? Wow. And, and um, yeah. it was crazy. Cause I was like, well, what do we do if we don't catch you? <laughs> exactly. Like, There's and, no and, show. <laughs> and, and that's another thing with just, you know, like doing big video projects and stuff like that. You're putting a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of preparation into a trip. And you don't know if the fish are going to comply with you. Exactly. You know, so it can be very stressful for yeah. sure. Yeah, from yeah. from a from a guide standpoint, that's like the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, you go I, out, I've, man. <laughs> I've I've seen like memes on Instagram of of guides just saying like the night before trips they can't sleep because they're just worried about getting their 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 clients yeah. on fish. 
Yeah. And um, we had just this last weekend, man, I had several trips and we had two days back to back and, and um, the first day we went out and it was tough. Like we went to probably 10 different spots and had a handful of fish. And then the next day I went out and the wind forecast was completely different. Not what it was forecasted to be super nice. And, and we still went out and checked the day where we were the previous day. And I stopped at a spot. It, I didn't even feel real confident that we were going to get much there. And we started catching fishing as we got there. And literally yeah. we fished two spots all day and, and had a great time <laughs> and every trip's different. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know that, so, um, you just, you don't know if you don't go. So exactly. Yeah. But that well, that's true. cool, man. Um, so I know you posted something a while back about you were part of this, um, about the YouTubes, the, the, the black voices thing or what oh, was that? Yeah, all about? Yeah. So, so it's basically YouTube create, um, YouTube, like, it was actually like an application I did. I completely forgot about it. Uh-huh. And then I one day I woke up, saw it in my email. And basically it's just a a big community of creators that YouTube like handpicked based on the info you submitted. And they put us through a series of basically courses on how to upgrade your YouTube channel, upgrade your content, upgrade your relationships with brands. Mm-hmm. Um and then, like for the ending ceremony, they flew us all out to to Africa. Yeah, that looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was pretty it was crazy. A lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, yeah, that's cool, yeah. man. And and just think if I mean where like I've gotten the the fortune and had the luck to meet and go to a lot of cool places just because of fishing. I mean, it's crazy yeah, what what a small exactly. passion growing up as a kid. You know, fishing with your dad. What that's what that's caused. And um, never thought I'd be doing a podcast. I mean, I've talked to people <laughs> on TV I've watched since I was a little kid, and it's yeah. just weird. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, well, I know, um, I know you like to cook too, and I know you've integrated that into a lot of your videos and stuff. And mm-hmm. and is is that something that you want to make a bigger part of it, or is it? I mean, it's. I mean, people like seeing that stuff. Like a lot yeah, of people I, ask me the first thing they ask me is like, "How do I cook this?" I've caught yeah. it. You know, what the heck am I supposed yeah. to do? And I was like, well, a skillet and some butter and seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Go YouTube it. <laughs> so I I really enjoy bringing home fish, cleaning it up, preparing it, sharing it with my family, eating it. So I was always just like, why not add that to the videos, you know? And then yeah. especially with the short form stuff, just seeing how much people enjoyed seeing that whole process. I was like, wow. But I don't know if I want to make it too big because I just like the fact that I can catch something fresh mm-hmm. and cook it. But it's like outside of fish or any type of seafood, I'm not the biggest cooker. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, like cooking my cats. Yeah. I, I get the problem where I go home. It's like I'm from Oklahoma originally. And so, man, when mm-hmm. I start, when I lived, moved down here and I would go back home and take all this exotic fish we never had growing yeah. up, you know, tuna and snappers and all these shrimp and everything. And they're like, my parents would look at me like, I'm not touching it. It's <laughs> like, I don't know how the heck to cook this. So, you know, inevitably yeah. I had to cook everything and, mm-hmm. and still, I think today I get on to him cause, uh, it's like, Hey, you, you, you got this in the freezer still. He's like, well, we were yeah, just waiting for exactly. you to come back, you know? And I was like, yeah. don't be afraid of it. It's not hard. So, yeah. um, yeah can't go wrong with any 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 seasonings usually on some fresh fish so yeah but that is true yeah that is true what's you your, don't have to do much to it yeah so what's your um what's your favorite way to fish fix fish i mean you like like grilling it blacking like making ceviche i think some of the best fish i've ever had has been wahoo and tuna um seared yeah. You know, where you have the, the middle still raw and the outsides have a nice sear on it, like hitting it with the soy sauce. And yeah, I think that's that's some of the best fish I've had, but can't go wrong with like fried grouper, or fried dolphin, yeah. or like a, a like a grouper made with a, a nice sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's it's a lot of a lot of good ways to go, you know. <laughs> So I know you do mostly everything offshore. Have you done um, much inshore fishing this year at all? I mean, do you do anything like that? I mean, on the jet ski or out with friends and stuff or not, not really. 
Um, I know like a lot of times when I'm on shoots, we'll do inshore days and stuff like that. Yeah. But myself, no, I don't really do much, much inshore yeah. at all. I like the yeah. blue water. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just fascinated with just being offshore, yeah. not knowing what you're going to hook, you know? Yeah. Have you ever done any like tarpon fishing or anything like that over there? Or? I have caught tarpon. I've done tarpon fishing, just not on the sea dude. Just like yeah. with, with friends randomly on their boat sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. We had a really we had a really um good tarpon season for the guys that were doing it this summer. And uh, there's still a few here for sure. Um but I've seen probably more fish this summer over here off of Galveston than I have in several years and uh it really? kinda ebbs and flows with, with the number of fish we get coming up from Mexico and stuff and and uh, how far up they come and stuff, but people yeah. get excited. I mean, I, uh, two weeks ago, I mean, I had tarpon swimming all around our, our big work boat when we were out offshore, um, getting really, and, uh, yeah, they were just rolling everywhere in about 50 foot of water. And, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> I've, I've actually been offshore and I was in about a thousand feet of water that day. We were deep dropping. So a lot of times when I'm out there deep dropping, I'm down there fishing on the bottom, but I also have baits on the surface just out there if a dolphin wants to yep. swim up. So we're out there. We just finished up deep drop, and I think we caught like a yellow edge grouper that day. And then we're just running around to weed patches, just venturing further and further offshore. And my cousin who was with me the day, he goes, I, I just saw something jump out there. So we start flying up to this patch. And obviously we think it's dolphin. Yeah. Once we got to the spot, like right, right next to the patch, you just see thousands of massive tarpon, massive ones. In a thousand and feet of water. <laughs> in a thousand feet of water, crystal clear blue water. I have videos of them coming out and Oof. rolling right next to weed patches. And um, we threw we threw flare hawks at them. We threw squid at them. We threw swim baits at them. They wouldn't eat it. Yeah. And then after I came in and shared the video, a lot of people told me it's I'm not really familiar with the migration, but it's some type of big migration that's actually pretty mm -hmm. rare to get on camera. So huh, that's pretty cool. It was definitely, definitely pretty cool. And they were massive. Yeah, that is that is crazy, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, you never hear about tarpon being that far offshore, but yeah, you know exactly. we have um we have a big fishery for uh, flounder over here. And, okay. um, which you don't hear a lot of out of Florida. I mean, you hear people catching them, but yeah. not targeting them like over here. Like we have a, a huge fishery for them and, 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 but we don't know much about their spawning. We know they spawn offshore primarily because mm -hmm. they're going out the passes and most of them start getting caught in bigger numbers this time of year. But you know, there's, there's data showing that those fish are going out and spawning like a hundred miles out. It's like, how do you track? something like that you can't, 100 miles like you can't you can't yeah. follow that so that's yeah. why there's not a lot of data um on those fish and it's kind of weird you bring that up about the tarpon being so far offshore because we all think of them yeah. as a shallow water inshore exactly. species. And, and a lot of people were like that's not a thousand feet of water and i'm yeah. just like man yeah i know where it was <laughs> i can't i can't i can't explain it you know what i mean yeah and it's just that's crazy you see out there yeah yeah we had For one sure. of the um, one of the, I guess it's probably been about three, maybe four years ago. One of the, um, party boats that my buddy runs that we do the tuna fishing on, um, they were out like 150 miles out and, uh, had a whole pot of killer whales come up on them out in the middle of the Gulf. And he said there were killer whales and they made national news. They were on all the news channels and everything. And, and I've always been told that they're, they're here in the Gulf and, um, and stuff and um but i've never seen video like that i mean it was it was nuts yeah man. i mean there was that's there was probably hundreds of them so hundreds yeah he said they were as far as you could see and they were all around the boat just swimming with the boat coming in it was unreal you can go find their videos on on youtube i'm sure um wow just look up texas killer whales or orcas or something but but yeah, you never know what you're going to come across out there. There, there was some spotted here in in Key Largo this year as well, as well as in the Bahamas. Yeah, that's crazy. So, and I know that's not normal for here either. Yeah, yeah. And we've had a lot of people, um, bluefin tuna spawn in the Gulf, and we've had a mm -hmm. lot of people targeting. And the state record's been broken several times the last few years because more and more people are. I mean, the building's boat, more and more boats can go out there now and target, you know, way offshore and yeah. get there a lot quicker. These big center consoles now and 
And, uh, I mean, they're catching these six, seven, eight hundred pound tunas. And, uh, I don't know what that would be like. I mean, I've battled the tuna, a yellowfin that was probably 165 pounds for over an hour mm-hmm. and a half, eventually lost the fish. Oh. Um, just cause it pulled the hook. We, I just, it was a trio of errors by some people on the party boat that I was on as far as gaffing <laughs> it. And I don't want to yeah. go down that road cause it's bad memories. So but wait, wait. The fish got to the boat. Oh, I got to the boat three times and we couldn't get oh. a gaff in it. So, but I won't mention any names, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was like painful. three o'clock in the morning too. <laughs> So, but, wow. but yeah, when we seen the fish, it was massive. I mean, it's the only one I know for sure that I've had on that, that had sickles, you know, and that's, that's always the goal is catch one that big. And, and yeah. uh, it was, a, it was a monster and he ate right by the boat on a, a rubber on a frenzy flying fish. And uh, so it was cool, man. I'll never forget that fish. I mean, that, that fish haunts me probably forever. So <laughs> had to go and get a bigger one. I know. Right. But, uh. But yeah, so, but I mean, that's like I said, you just never know all the different experiences you, you'll see out there and, and yeah. stuff. And, and, um, but do y'all get many, um, triple tail down where y'all are at? So there's an area they fish. It's more of an inshore thing. Yeah. Um, like Florida, what, what is it? Everglades National Park where they catch triple tail in there. And then sometimes we'll see them offshore, mm-hmm. like floating on a piece of debris or a weed patch. Um, I don't see them a whole lot, but I have seen them. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. That's probably one of my favorite fish to target. Yeah, they're here. cool. Fish. So, yeah, I wish we had them all year, but we just mostly just in the summertime. So, really, but um, yeah, but but so what? What are like since your following is growing and that kind of thing, and, and you're getting to do all this more stuff? Like, what's your kind of goals for the next for the little bit of future? I mean, have you got big plans, or I mean, what's what are you kind of thinking of? doing here with everything uh, you got going on i i really just right now just want to keep growing um and just kind of seeing where it takes me you know yeah um i couldn't have pictured what's going on right now to be going on so i'm just kind of taking it easy still doing what i'm doing just want to grow the brand um keep fishing explore new places push boundaries um and my main thing would be just chasing giant fish that people chase on boats and doing it on a sea dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, hopefully maybe we can get you over here sometime. We'll go, we'll go, uh, we'll chase some, some cobia and some, some, uh, we get a lot of tuna in the summer, you know, about the 40, mm-hmm. 50 mile range out, out of this part of Texas and stuff and lots of mahi. So it's a, it always surprised me how many mahi we have over here. Um, never really thought about that, you know, before, but, um, we have a ton of them, so, but that's cool. And yeah, and that'd I'm be sh- awesome. I'm sure, you know, like just the, the, the grassroots growth of, of these things. I mean, just doing what you're doing, putting out quality family friendly content. And, um, yeah, that, that's a big, that's a big plus these days. Um, yeah. being able to find something that, that kids can follow and, and look at and not have to worry about, you know, what they're watching and stuff. And yeah, and, yeah, um, for sure. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out <laughs> there that don't really care. Yeah. There's a lot of crap out there, yeah. a lot of stuff that people yeah. don't care who, who watches it and, and that kind of I thing. Do, and, yeah. But, but it's, it's good to see people like you and doing that. And, and, um, that, I mean, that's why I started following you and, um, and I've, talked to several people over here that that have followed you and hopefully we'll get get some more out with this uh, podcast coming out so for sure but um but your um your your brand is i belong outdoors right it's what your channel and everything so how'd you get did you just come up with that or that was literally just something my sister plays a big role in everything i do just on the back and like handling emails helping me keep my brain organized um, just handling partnerships so one day we were just brainstorming and she was like, I belong outdoors. And I was like, that sounds perfect. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. That's how I came up with. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'll, I'll do all this. You, you stay outside. <laughs> and and that, that, that's another thing like that is a huge help. Cause I'm just able to focus on fishing, you know? Yeah. That's and cool. Having all that of the other stuff. Yeah, for sure. Especially from like my sister, someone you could trust, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, 
one day, hopefully I'll have somebody to help me do some of the stuff that we got <laughs> going on. But, but, uh, me and my wife tag team on a bunch of stuff together, but the That's podcast awesome. is kind of my deal right now. So, um, but, and I've, t- it's funny because I talked to a lot of, a lot of people who have podcasts and things and they're like, Oh yeah, I record the shows. And then I just have somebody else do everything else. The yeah, editing. They have like, someone else edit it. So you don't even yeah. know what's going to come out. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I edit all of my stuff. I'm in charge of editing, but yeah. just the, the emails and oh, yeah. thing organized with the dates and deadlines and stuff like that. I need someone to help me with stuff like that yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So was this, was this summer the first year you've been to ICAST or was that, have you been up yeah, there several yeah. times? That was my first time ever to ICAST. Yeah. It's a cool yeah. show, man. I'm, I'm out. I meet so many cool people there. <laughs> and uh, if, and if you're into fishing, you ever get the chance to go to that show. I mean, it's definitely no brainer to go and check it out. So and I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't even know that it wasn't um, open to the general public. Yeah. I didn't even know that. So after being able to hang out there and seeing how it goes, it was definitely super, super sick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, everybody's going 90 miles an hour and I've been to that show a lot over the years and, and, um, and you still can't see everything even in three days yeah. being there on the show floor. Like I'll go in with like two pages of lists of people to talk to or things to go check out. And I usually make through about half of it. <laughs> yeah. You get sidetracked with newer stuff and stop and yeah, look and talk sure. to people and, and but it but it's cool, man. And and um this year was good because this was like the first year probably since COVID that it's been like hundred percent back to the way it was before. Cause yeah. A couple of years before this one it was not near as, as um busy as far as traffic and then and just booths there. So they're you know, I guess we're back to somewhat normal lives. Thank God business even though you still can't get a lot of stuff so did yeah. that affect you much in what you were doing when covid hit as far as being yeah. able to go i know like covid was a terrible time for a lot of people um but during covid when everything was pretty much shut down there was nothing to do um i was actually i actually went to emt school i went to oh. paramedic school um i had three months left to go and do um fire school to become a full-on firefighter paramedic here yeah and when covid hit i was in my fourth semester of paramedic school and they're pretty much like hey guys we can't go to class right now we're gonna do everything online so just come online we're not doing any clinicals right now so just do all your work online so that was the time where i really 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 dug into fishing Mm -hmm. and making videos and by the time covid kind of simmered down i was doing what I'm doing full blown now yeah. and realize that I would rather fish, you know? Yeah. So you think you'll ever COVID go back and def- finish that or I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love fishing. You know what I mean? And I feel like everyone's dream well, not everyone's dream, but most fishermen's dream is to just be able to fish for a living. So I think right now I'm able to do what I love. So Amen. I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. All the power to you. And yeah, kind of make up your own your own schedule and 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 put out yeah. you know what you want to put out and stuff so <clears throat> that's pretty that's pretty cool so well um trying to think um if you got if you got any like big big fishing trips planned for for the rest of this year or how does kind of the winter factor in over there where you're at does it slow you down much as far as i mean weather's obviously an issue but but um, does your fishing styles change that much, or do the fish? I mean, uh, I feel like the style of fishing doesn't change too much. It's just super hard to get out in the water with all the wind we got. Yeah. Um. As as far as big trips go, I don't really have anything big planned for the rest of this year, at least. Yeah. I know my next two goals are to catch either a big yellow fin, a big blue fin. Or either a black or blue marlin on the sea dew. Yeah. So those are my things next. I don't have a date on them or anything, or even where I'm going to do them, but that is something I want to do. Well, I know um, one of the things I was wanting to ask you was one of your big things this year was to get your swordfish. <laughs> and I know you yeah. got you got close to Texas. You came over to Venice. Yeah, yeah. How, how did that all? How did that whole thing unfold? So 
I've since the first day I was fishing on a sea do and I couldn't stop watching YouTube videos. I was just obsessed with everything about offshore. And obviously, you know, here in Florida, the broadbill fishery is a big thing. So I was like, man, could you imagine I catch one of those on a sea do? And I've been telling my friends this for years. I'm like, man, one day I'm going to do this. One day I'm going to do this. One day I'm going to do this. And then as time progressed, just being able to spend more time on the water, just really hone in on my craft, because it's not easy to do all of the stuff I do out there. I know sometimes on video it could look super easy, but yeah, just getting comfortable trying different things, trolling, deep dropping. It's like a lot of time, a lot of effort goes into those things. So after time, like really getting everything together, I was like, I think I'm ready, man. <laughs> so I reached out to Captain Blake, who I've I've just seen him on Instagram a bunch. I know a lot of people have went out fishing with them. Mm-hmm. He's always on him. And I was like, man, you're always on swordfish. Here in Florida, we deal with a lot of current. We're out there in the Gulf Stream. I would have to keep the ski moving forward, also focusing on my rod. So that really turned me away from doing it here just because of how difficult it could be um and he was down for it we teamed up went out there got baits out the first half of the day we were fishing and not a bite like Mm. not a bite and we were just like oh because we came over on one day the next day we fished and the next day we planned to leave that was the plan so we had one day to make it happen and after about I think the fourth hour. <laughs> my ear popped out. <laughs> <laughs> After about the fourth hour, we just got stumped, and there it goes. That we're tied on the fish, and we're cranking on them, cranking on them, cranking on them, and it's literally like it was just meant to be. The yep. way the fish just swam right up to the ski, did a couple runs, didn't jump once, no nothing. Wow came right up and once i saw him i literally could not fathom what was going on my heart was beating out of my chest oh no i watched the the video again yesterday (laughs) if y'all catching it it's it's crazy yeah 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 yeah. it was a lot of emotions a lot of you know high energy but yeah happy it happened it was awesome it's a big accomplishment you know i mean catching one regardless is is a big accomplishment for anybody and and doing it on a limited uh, capacity on a sea do as far as like space and like you're talking about like being able to maneuver and and uh, just getting the baits down there you know in thousand fifteen hundred to even two thousand yeah. feet I mean that's that's hard to do like you can't yeah. just drop it and sit there and wait for it to hit the bottom yeah. like and like you, I mean it seems like a lot of the here, guys over here I mean they have to drop them and sit there and almost just drive in a circle and kind of you know let it get down yeah. and, and then hold the boat yeah. in the right spot is so hard exactly and and here um in Florida it's primarily electric reels that everyone's doing it on um but over there in the Gulf of Mexico because of how little current there was versus here we're yeah. able to hand crank it hand so crank that it. was another huge plus cuz we were you know, locked in with that fish cranking on him, doing all the work. Yeah. I've never caught one. I fished for him a couple of times, but, um, I had a lot of, a lot of friends over here that target swordfish a lot. And that's the one thing that I hear them telling everybody. And then the people ask me, I'll tell them is like, you know, when, when you're sitting there and you're trying to catch this giant fish, you know, and you're looking at the rod and they're like, yeah, the rod's only going to move about, about like that. Yeah, just <laughs> exactly. And it's a real subtle bite, you know? So I've only ever caught two swords. Um, my first trip ever, I went with one of my homies, Ray, and we got one. My first trip ever. Since then, I've been on a couple trips, haven't seen one. And then the trip on the sea was the second time I got one. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that's so cool. Did you save the bill? No. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I see a lot of people saving them, getting them painted and and different yeah. things like that but uh that's eh, just a goal for your next one so yeah yeah, yeah i want man. like a real real big one yeah you know yeah. yeah it's it's um i don't know like i see like nick stanzik and you know down there in the keys and catching mm-hmm. all all these giant swordfish and stuff all all the time and and um i think the size 
um, average size swords over here are pretty comparable with what they're getting there. You know, I got a Bud Mary's and stuff, but um, we've had some some big fish hooked over here that were probably pushing that eight nine hundred even bigger mark. And and uh, wow. there's one boat over here, um, the booby trap, and I think R.J. Boyle was over here with them, or maybe it was Nick was over here fishing with them. And I remember them hooking one and. And fighting it for like literally like 20 hours or something crazy it was it was nuts <laughs> and they just could never get it up yeah. so i don't know who knows if it was tail hooked or something but you think it would have it would have it would have died and, and come up being that long but yeah man there's some there's some big fish in the ocean so yeah they and didn't I, get big I think our, <laughs> exactly <laughs> i think our state record is like 760 pounds or something yeah, like that that's a monster but that's that's a massive fish yeah you know yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's incredible that. that's incredible so well, if you, um who knows man maybe you'll get to go up to alaska or something someday and do some fishing up there i seen didn't you go out to uh was it lake powell or something like that out yeah there? yeah you had yeah, some cool videos yeah. from that trip yeah so I, I, I forgot when that was, it was either 2022 or 2021 where I went over, um, I fished with, um, Bob from Uplake Adventures mm-hmm. and he's stationed right there in big water, Utah, yeah. which is pretty much like right there on the border of Arizona, um, page. So we were out there on, on Lake Powell, just going way, way, way up the lake catching stripers mm. um smallmouth bass um we saw a bunch of carp and for me it was pretty much the landscape that was just it's pretty mind-blowing yeah it's beautiful yeah. over there yeah. yeah yeah that's that's crazy so that's cool man getting to do all this cool stuff and 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 everything so well um well tell us um where everybody can find you how they can follow you and stuff and and stay up to date with what you got going on sweet so my Instagram is Emmanuel E M M A N U E L W underscore. My YouTube channel is I Belong Outdoors, and my TikTok is Eman Belongs Outdoors. Belongs Outdoors, sweet. And I'm always posting long form, short form pictures, all my adventures. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, well, I really. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I know we've been trying to get this done for a few months <laughs> since we ran into each other <laughs> over there, but we finally got it done. And, um, um, you know, I look forward to seeing what you do in the future. I mean, I know the future is bright and, and you're going to be making a big impact in the fishing industry and, and beyond through, through your work. So keep up the good work. Have you got, have you got any, any last words or words of encouragement for, for, for a younger kid or something coming up trying to get into this so so i know a lot of a lot of people ask me just how do i do what i do and honestly i wouldn't say i definitely planned i've always wanted when i was a kid i was like oh i'd love to be a huge youtuber you know what i mean but until i really found something that i liked and i like being consistent wasn't a problem being passionate wasn't a problem. I'm not trying to find content. I'm not like trying to create moments to make content. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just living everything in the you see is just exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I would say that would be my main advice is find something that you're passionate about that you actually love. Don't do stuff for views, do stuff because you actually like it and the rest will come together. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Just let it come to you. It's going to happen. So for sure. That's cool, man. Well, cool manual well, well we appreciate it and um i'll be posting links to all your all your uh, social accounts and the show notes and everything for everybody to check out and uh, yeah. i'll attach a couple of your videos on there especially the swordfish one too so if they can check that out and, and uh, yeah. follow along on the ride so all right man yeah. well thanks for being on thanks for having me i appreciate right. it Shoot him, pull, crack a jack, take a
Double down, 